1: Pour one more beer
0: for me, Exile means quality, so savagely.
1: HN Podcast, John Miller along with Rob Howe for this installment of the HN Podcast brought to you from Exile Brewing Company as well as Heartland Flagpoles and Flags, Rob Iowa 3 and 2. Haven't uh, got to talk to you for a couple of weeks after the Penn State game, I thought, I mean, I think a lot of us were a little concerned or maybe interested is the right word to see if there would be a little bit of a hangover effect from the the loss of Penn State where everybody had emptied their tank and had put so much into that game and on the line and you know the defense how they how Michigan State came out in that first drive I think you know that wasn't necessarily a super shock and uh, the defense really only gave up 17 points on the day, and if you're uh, playing a road game, you should in the Big Ten, uh, and you only give up 17 points—that should be a winning number. Except when your offense just doesn't really fire a shot. That's probably the disappointing part of it. What were your thoughts uh, from being on the scene there in East Lansing?
0: Yeah, I would agree with your sentiments, and it, it just was—it just felt like Iowa was stuck in quicksand all day. It is. For whatever reason, you know, you know, and I think we'll talk about different things that we saw that need to be uh, corrected. But um, it just and Kirk mentioned this yesterday and I, it, he mentioned it in his opening comments yesterday being Tuesday at his his uh, weekly press conference that he felt like his team wasn't mentally prepared to start the game. Um, And, you know, John, he doesn't say things like that very often. And it struck me and I asked him about why he felt that way. And he felt that the way Michigan State traveled down the field after taking the opening kickoff for a touchdown really was demoralizing and just kind of got Iowa on its heels. And I just felt like they stayed there most of the day. Um, and there are different factors that, that went into that, but, um, and then Michigan state scored a touchdown, I believe again on their third drive. So while the defense did play well for the most part of that game, I think the start was a surprise to him. I think he felt his team would come out better with more energy on the road, more urgency. And in talking with some of the Michigan state players after the game, They made no bones about it. That was a must-win for them. That's the way they played that game. And it looked like it from their perspective where it did not look like there was a sense of urgency for Iowa.
1: All right, first play of the game. Uh, Lewerke completes a 31-yard pass to um, Felton Davis, who had a huge day. He was also going up against Michael Ojemudia. Um And then the next play, they ran for two, uh, completed the Felton for six, completed a Stewart for three, completed to uh, Felton Davis for eight, uh, a rush for three. Uh, And then a completion to Felton Davis for 22. So it was four completions to Felton Davis on that first drive. And I think his career high for receptions in a game prior to that was five. And he had four in the first drive. So, yeah, okay. I mean, that's not the way you draw it up. But sometimes stuff happens. I guess I've never understood the we weren't ready to play. I, I don't know what that means. You get off the bus. You go through your prep. You're playing a physical game. You know you're going to be hitting. You know you're going to be covering. You know you're going to be tackling. Maybe, the, maybe they just didn't have the right level of energy or focus. I, I, I guess I've never quite understood that one where I do understand lack of execution and things of that nature. Sometimes the other team actually executes. So, to me, when, when you say, well, you know, we had a lack of execution, and Iowa had a ton of lack of execution on offense, which we'll talk about in a minute, but, you know, th- so if you expect your team to execute offensively, isn't the opponent expecting themselves to do the same things, and sometimes some drives, they just do it better than you? I I, I just, I'm not really swallowing that sort of stuff. Maybe, maybe sitting there saying we weren't ready to play is code word for something else, and, and it's... A a better PC thing to say or you're not wanting to give away competitive disadvantage I don't know it probably is what it is but sometimes the other team just does things well
0: yeah and sometimes you know when you get hit in the mouth a couple times like they did on the two of the first three drives where they gave up touchdowns Sometimes it's hard when you get stunned to come back from that, especially when you're, you know, 18 to 23-year-old kids, you're on the road, you get the Michigan State crowd was great, as good as I've ever been around, and I've been going to that stadium since I think 99 when Nick Saban ran up or whatever the heck that game was, that was just with Plaxico Burris. Right. Um, but that was, the, the crowd got in that game early and Iowa aided that. And, and I agree with you. Michigan State had a really good game plan on both sides of the ball and executed a lot better than Iowa did. But just the intang- intangible things, when you go on the road, um, you want to be able to take the crowd out of it. Iowa never did that. That crowd was in it the whole day from start to finish. And I think it rattled Stanley.
1: Yeah, I think so too. In Michigan State's second drive, first and 10 at their own, 26. And first down. Iowa gets a roughing the passer penalty on Parker Hesse, So then it gives them a new set of downs at the Michigan State 41. Um, they wound up gaining no more yards that drive, and they punted. So it's still 7 nothing after the first two drives. So yeah. Where did
0: they punt that two? What's that? Where did that punt go? Where did Iowa start that next drive?
1: Uh, Iowa started the drive on the nine. And it yeah. started several drives from inside there. And clearly, Iowa has a new policy. Um, they have Jackson standing on the 10, and he's to field anything that's in that range. Now, he did get lost on the one, and he fielded it. He, he, he got lost on a punt that he fielded at the one, so that was a mistake. But, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other night, because this is, seems to be like a shift in, 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 in kind of theory. It used to be kind of the 15, if it's over your head, let it go. And whenever opponents down the ball inside the five, inside the three-yard line, what's kind of the thing that... You you hear broadcasters say who talked well you want to just punch it out and get a first down and get beyond the ten right so it makes sense to have your guy standing on the ten because you feel like there's breathing room now that said Iowa's field position in these last two games as starting field position has not been good and that's all right you can work around that but one ingredient to work around that especially on the road is a seasoned quarterback and a competent punter. Iowa has neither of those, and I agree with you. Some of Stanley's youth showed in this game, I still didn't think he looked all that bad. Uh, there were several drop passes that he had to contend with. Um, Iowa it has less than inspiring play from right tackle, even though Sean Welsh is not a natural right tackle. He's a very good guard. He's not a very good tackle. He's not comfortable in space out there. So the offense has, to me, some interesting offensive line issues that i would not have guessed they would have five games into the season book but ike becker ike becker being out ike Bucker being out um that's a bigger deal than i thought it was
0: yeah i agree i you know we we, we thought there would be enough depth on this offensive line to be able to sustain an injury or two um but it just it hasn't happened to this point point. And, and boone myers is still dinged up he's he won't admit it as much i don't think because he's you know he's proud and and once it's a senior year and he wants to play but he's hobbled he's not sure able to play at 100 percent. and kirk said yesterday if he was 100 percent he'd play every snap but he's not doing that they're just trying to get him through this bye week and you know those those are two huge pieces. Those were two huge pieces of the offensive line last year. That you know, one is out, and one is you know, well under 100. Um, percent And it forces other guys to pick up the slack. And there's a you know, a true freshman at left tackle who's done pretty well, um, but he's still not you know, you know, smooth. It's not all smooth sailing with him at this point either. And it just in seasons when Iowa does well, like 2015, where, where they did excellent. It seems like things work together. The the offense, the sp- defense, special teams, and I wrote about the complimentary football yesterday. Mm-hmm. The beginning of that game the other day was how you don't play complimentary football. And we talked about the first drive they scored. Then Iowa gave the – what did Iowa do on its first drive? You, you went over that. And then Iowa um, held, I guess, on their next defense possession – Michigan State punter pins them at the nine. Then Iowa gets whatever it was, three and out, four yeah, and Yeah, they out.
1: gained one yard.
0: And then the punt goes to what? Their own 31-yard line?
1: Uh, They took over at the Iowa 42. 42.
0: There you go. And so now they're in Iowa territory. And Michigan State likes to play like Iowa does that field position, flip the field, that type of stuff. And early in that game uh, was just a train wreck. It's, it's,
1: it just felt like being dunked in a pool and, and the bigger guy holding your head below water.
0: Yeah. And um, it's, I, I don't know, and it's hard to quantify physicality wise, you know, if I was getting beat physically um but you have to wonder a little bit with with younger tight ends that are more pass catchers now than are uh you know than they are blockers at this point receivers nick easley this is his first year in the system vandenberg's coming back from an injury are they blocking well Physically, is Iowa holding up to what the defenses are, are showing them or, and, and presenting to them? And that, I mean, it's hard to tell, but it seems like right now that at least in these last two games, the other team won the physical battle.
1: Yeah, I, I think so, and I think you make a great point with Hawkinson and Fan. I mean, there was, you know, I do that film room thing every week where I, you know, record some short clips on the TV and try to highlight some things, either good things or things that are tough to see when the real bullets are flying and there was one there was one play you know michigan state was overloading and, and and i do think iowa did a decent job of actually counter punching on some play designs as i went through it a second time and really watched it play by play um you know the one play i was thinking was you know they they motioned hawkinson left and he if he would have chipped the linebacker because Michigan State was sending its linebackers on run blitzes every single time and the safeties were coming down too and Iowa was oftentimes in a one-on-one situation in the passing game the one of the linebackers drifted farther to the outside to the field side and had Hawkinson chipped him even chipped him, it would have slowed his rush down. He came in and Akram Wadley would have had a lane. I mean, there were several times where Akram would have had a lane if somebody would have just picked up a little bit of a block or Akram had a lane and didn't see it because he might have had post-concussion stress disorder in this game. (laughs) Um, There was just a lot of lack of execution blame to go around in this one. And I actually felt, I wouldn't say encouraged is the right word, But I actually, after watching everything again, I could see what Brian Ferentz was trying to do from about the middle of the second quarter on. I think he tried to adjust earlier this week than he did the week before against Penn State. Because I I think Rob is always going to come out in the first quarter and try to do what they've game planned to try to do. Because a lot of the things they do set up plays that they want to run later in the game based on something they've seen. And then if they don't establish a look early, it's not going to be as effective late. So I I think Brian started to counterpunch a little bit. I just think there was a combination of drops. I think there was at least three, maybe four drops in the first quarter by Iowa. Uh, You know, Nate Stanley had a couple of overthrows again. That overthrow deep middle to Matt Vandenberg was really painful. That was on a flat line as opposed to any air being underneath it. But then again, he comes back later and he hits a pass to Easley under duress in a bucket that was a beautiful touch play i don't think they're far off from being effective on offense and that's really all i think they have to be they even get to seven eight wins this year
0: yeah and you can see that like you're talking about i mean it's not like they're far away it's not like it's a disaster um there are plays to be made there and the turnovers are killing them too i mean the the one with stanley that was just flukish that was like somebody had a you know, a voodoo doll, and we're like, okay, let's knock the ball out of right. his hand. I was shooting photos right at the back of that end zone, and I was like, wow, that's a touchdown! And then, boom! All of a sudden, the ball comes flying out. Who was open? Uh, I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look at the film because I was shooting. And but somebody,
1: kind of, you think you think somebody was open yeah. that he was trying to get oh. it to?
0: Yeah, there was somebody I looked in my peripheral vision and was like, oh, that's a touchdown. And then all of a sudden, boom, the ball comes, right. you know, like I said, comes flying out. And then, you know, and then it seemed like they had a little bit of juice on that drive when Brandon Smith dropped it, too. And I felt horrible for the kid. I mean, you get Amir Smith-Marset drops it on his first touch, and and Smith drops it on his, his second touch. And uh, like you talked about, though, John, that these are some of the—and and Kirk admitted it, too, and you don't like to make excuses, but there are going to be some growing pains with a first-year starting quarterback who's only— only been on campus for whatever it is for I guess it'd be you know 16 months or whatever um, and new receivers and you know I think we expected some growing pains this year I think the thing that is I guess m- maybe most surprising and we talked about it earlier is the player the offensive line but I don't think it's just on them I think it's the other pieces that are affecting maybe what they do as well
1: yeah I mean The offensive line and Stanley and Wadley, they are facing incredibly aggressive fronts these past two weeks. And as Steve Dace and I have talked about for years and we've reminded everybody this week, these are the type of aggressive approaches and attacks that if I were a defensive coordinator – I would use on Iowa every single time I played them because A you're sending these run blitzes and you're doing your best to slow down the Iowa running attack which you know Iowa wants to establish that run but number two um, Iowa just hasn't been a very effective team on vertical passing the majority of the time over the course of the last 19 years they just haven't some years they have some games they have in years where they haven't been consistent at it but thus far this year if I'm watching tape Can Nate Stanley hurt me? Sure he can, but I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice and Force him to hurt me two three times on big long plays So that okay, I believe in him now now. I'm gonna have to play it a little straighter but even then, I'm not going to let Iowa bludgeon me to death on the ground. I'm going to take my chances with an inexperienced you know, receiver-slash-tight-end core and, and roll the dice that way. And I'll be surprised if we don't really see that every single game the rest of this year. But I also think Iowa has more playmakers catching the ball than I thought before the season. So I think there's some hope there. Um, and Stanley hasn't had happy feet all that often. He's a tough kid standing in the pocket. But, yeah, I mean, these offensive linemen are dealing with a lot of guys to block up. So when I, when I commented earlier on Sean Welsh and how uncomfortable he looks at right tackle, that's less of a criticism. I mean, he's a great guard. But Be- Butker goes down. So when Butker goes down, Iowa ha- is is at a minus at right tackle. Because Bucker's better than Welsh as a right tackle, in my opinion. And then they're at a minus at right guard because Welsh is their best guard. So they're down two levels of play on one side of the line because of that one injury. And I'm really hopeful that between now and after the bye week, Tristan Worfs can get spun up enough to where maybe he can slide in and take that right tackle position and you move Welsh back inside. And if Worfs plays. Anywhere near the way that Welsh has been playing at right tackle, that's a win overall
0: in the collective. Does that make sense? It does, and I think another factor in that is Boone. Right. If Boone, if Boone's healthy, he's probably at right tackle right now.
1: That's a good point. That's a
0: very good point, actually. So, so yeah, either that, Boone or Werfs, one of the two. Because then you would have Boone at right tackle, and then Keegan Render at left guard, and Welsh at right guard. I think they would prefer to do it that way but they Boone just is he's having trouble playing guard at this point so you got to hope that you know he heals up a lot during the bye week and Worf's you know it progresses in terms of you know his how he's picking up the game in the next couple weeks cuz this is the stretch right here where they got to make hey they've got to win these next three games um you know the the Illinois this week and then the two the bye week and then you know, at Northwestern, Minnesota at home, they have any hopes of, of you know having a, a a big year? They've got to win these next three. They put themselves in that position.
1: Hartland yeah. Flagpoles and Flags has flags of various shapes and sizes, banners, windsocks, and more of nearly every team. And every sport. That's college, NFL, MLB, NBA, and hockey. If you feel like maybe you're the only Seattle Seahawks fan in your neighborhood, don't worry, they have flags for you as well. Heartland Flags has more than 100 Iowa Hawkeye items from flags to tiki totems, metal signs, luggage tags, and so much more. Let your fandom fly when you shop at Heartland Flags. Free shipping seriously when you shop online we're talking about free shipping your orders will ship for free from heartland flags heartlandflags.com is the website go check it out dace he's a huge michigan fan he's a detroit lions fan rob howe is a new york mets fan i went to their website heartlandflags.com has it for you again free shipping on all orders online Follow them on Twitter at Heartland Flags. And once again, visit them online at heartlandflags.com. Yeah, and say let's just say that if they do that. They're 6-2. and two, And then they have, what, Ohio State uh, after that at home. And then they're at Wisconsin, home against Purdue, and then at Nebraska. And... You know, going two and two in that stretch is going to be a tall order, but it's not impossible. I mean, I said before the season, if this, if this, if this team can get to eight and four, I think it'll be one of Ferentz's better coaching jobs. And and maybe the way that they played, that the win at Iowa State got a, got a lot of people excited. How how well they fought and competed against Penn State by and large uh, had a chance to win, even though you know Penn State put up 570 some yards of offense but they did run 99 plays maybe that made made us feel a little better but still i mean i have them at six and six i think did you have them at eight and four or seven and five seven and five so you had him seven and five so i mean those things are clearly still there and i agree if they if they can go three and zero the rest of the way they're playing with house money as far as i'm concerned the rest of the season now some of you listening don't want to hear that Some people probably still think they can win the Big Ten West. I've never thought they could, and I don't think that they will. Now, the guys in the locker room don't believe that, but I'm just trying to be a realist. Um, So, yeah. And then, I I mean, Illinois is not a good team, Rob. I don't know if you got a chance to watch them on Friday night uh, or any other times this year. They're just not good at all. So, Iowa should not struggle with them. Um, 20 points is a big line for Iowa to cover any time or feel confident about just the way they're constructed. But I could see Iowa winning this game, you know, somewhere around. Well, last year though they went 28 nothing, you know, something around like, you know, 31, 7, 35, 7, somewhere in that way. And I say this every year, but I man, I really mean it this year. I think the bye week comes at a perfect time for them.
0: Yeah, I would agree, and on, on both points, Illinois stinks, and it's a good time. <laughs> to fly. Um, yeah, I did my preview today, and I think I have Iowa winning twenty-seven to ten, because um, I think, it, like last year at Illinois, I think Iowa will have a conservative game plan. I just think they know they can win this game by just, you know, playing close to the vest. Um, I would like for to see them open it up a little bit, and maybe they will if they get comfortable. But I still think they're going to try to just out-physical Illinois. And I think Illinois has played 19 true freshmen this year. <laughs> They've played yeah. 19 true freshmen and something like 33 first-time players, guys that have played for the – it's just insane. They're so young. And uh, I don't know if Lovey's going to see the, the fruits of – somewhat increased recruiting uh in illinois because I, I just it doesn't seem like he's i mean he's changed quarterbacks now um which is you know not a sign of desperation but but usually a sign of uh um, instability for sure yeah sure. that that things aren't, aren't going well and and i think the quarterback change this week plays into iowa's favor you go from a guy that can run the ball um to a guy that's going to sit back in the pocket and not really move the pocket much in jeff george jr um, and that's another thing that we haven't talked touched on yet as as good as the defense has been the pass rush has been really inconsistent um and i think that's something that that they you'd like to see signs of this week moving forward whether they find ways to blitz which i know they hate to do but get more pressure on the quarterback
1: yeah i would agree with that and you know to go back to the start of what you said i think that they'll have a conservative game plan by and large from a standpoint of they still are not consistent on making the makeables they still need to go out and establish getting four yards on first down Um, and that may not be sexy that may not light up the highlight reel but you want them to go out and work on those types of plays that they're going to need to get four and five because iowa is a horrible second and ten team and you know, against against Iowa State, I think they averaged third down and nine yards per conversion and they were seven of fifteen on third. And I remember at that time thinking, Man, they got they got away with one today on that. Yeah. And against Penn State, uh, and I think against Michigan State, it was similar third and distance, and they didn't get away with them on in those games. So go out and work on getting four yards on first down via the ground or via in the short passing game. Then work on a couple of those deep balls just to. D- so I agree with you. I mean. I really think they really do need to focus on the fundamentals in this game and if that leads to a lower score I don't give a darn they need to go back and do that because you know they're going to do that during the bye week as, as far as a pass rush is concerned obviously AJ Epinesa getting more plays out there you know there was one play that I highlighted in my film room breakdown that you know I remember telling you this a few weeks ago when people were asking how come AJ's not playing more I said I bet it's a contain issue and oh boy was there one right in center right in front of the crowd but then the you know a couple of plays later he did a really good job and he was very conscious of it but he was just so ready to go in there and, and kill somebody that you've got to make sure you're taking care of your containment responsibilities as well you know i, I think that this defensive line has and it may not happen this year maybe next year when they get you know another year older or whatever um i think that they can apply pressure we've seen them do it but it's just not been consistent
0: yeah and i to, to touch on your your point about the offense, I think we're going to see more of a concerted effort to get Ackerman space. I think they're realizing now that you know the game plan of putting him into the eye or single back and running against eight and nine man fronts just isn't going to work for, for you know on on multiple levels. And he and Kirk both talked on Tuesday about. You know, getting Ivory Kelly Martin and Torrin Young more reps, getting them more into the rotation. I can see Akram more in the slot, doing some different things and getting him in space and letting the young running backs put them in the backfield um, and, and give teams that type of a look so they're not loading up as much or at least keeping them more honest and getting Akram involved in that short passing game. I think when teams... Towards the end of last year, when things really picked up for Iowa on the offensive end— oh, I shouldn't say really picked up. where they actually— They were able to score a little bit Towards the end of last year Um, A lot of it was Akram in space And Akram, you know, catching passes And I think they need to get back to that
1: Yeah, I mean, I hate to say this But maybe they need to dust off Some of the old uh, Greg Davis film From the Michigan game uh, And kind of look at that But yeah, you know, this is a perfect game Also to get Ivory Kelly Martin uh, Some action As well as Torin Young I just don't think those guys Have been in invited into the circle of trust enough on a Big Ten road game for Kirk yet. They certainly weren't uh, for the Penn State game, but you just can't do that anymore unless they're just fumbling everything in practice. But you got to get them worked in this week, get them ready to go. Then you have the bye week, and I think the rest of the way they have to be a big part of it because I just don't get the sense that James Butler is going to be back anytime soon.
0: No, he kinda I asked him about I asked Kirk about that on Tuesday and he he was hedging a little bit and he said he you know, I said you originally said through the bye week are you still on that timetable? And he said, you know, they're going to reevaluate it next week, meaning the bye week, um, and then it could be a couple weeks after that. So he he dinged his, his his he he messed his elbow up pretty good, and then I you can't as as a it's his right arm too, where where I think he let, you know where he would normally carry the ball. So that's not something to mess around with. And um, I think we saw a little bit of a, uh, you know what those. I, granted, it was North Texas's defense, but. Those two young guys looked pretty good. I think you know you got to take the training wheels off and let them go a little bit because I think you need you need to to do some things with Wadley to get him, you know, get him going. And I think they can do that by using the other two running backs.
1: Indeed. Anything else, Rob? That maybe we forgot about that you want to mention?
0: Yeah. I mean, the amazing return of Brandon Snyder. Just mm, yeah. Just just a, I think it was the second week of April that he tore that ACL and had had it repaired and it's what we're today's what October 5th Um, and he was cleared last week to play and Kirk said on Tuesday that he will play this week just not sure how much and I I think that's a boost he's a he's a team leader Um, he's a very cerebral player he understands the defense Um, the safety play has not been great this year and I thought he played better. He certainly had his issues last year, but I thought he played better as the season goes on. And I don't think he's a he's a quick fix. It's going to take him a little while to get himself reacclimated. But um, I, I think it's a boost. And I, I think the ability for Amani Hooker to play both safety spots really gives Iowa, you know, an opportunity that you know Phil Parker and the, and the defensive coaches an opportunity to maybe pick the best two there. Right. Um, and maybe Miles Taylor gets into a rotation with Hooker and Snyder, and, and Hooker plays both spots. Um, and they rotate those guys, and maybe figure out, you know, in the next few weeks, what what the best twosome is back there because um, they need to they need to shore up that back end a little bit. and I think Brandon Snyder helps that.
1: I yeah, that is miraculous. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You may remember this better than me, but I think Chad Greenway and Jermel Lewis both came back to play in around the October time frame of the years where they tore an ACL in spring. Um, I, I know that Greenway did. And I remember clearly that Greenway was a shadow of himself as far as athletic ability of what he was pr- before the injury. Then the following season, he, you know, you know, he was Chad Greenway and yeah. I think Jermell Lewis might've been the same. I guess I don't hold out great hope. Um, that you know you're going to see the Brandon Snyder that we saw last year, and I think it would be good that if he does play, obviously Kirk's not going to play the kid if he's at any risk of hurting himself, which he isn't because the medical staff makes that decision, and Kirk's not going to play the guy if he's going to be a liability for the defense. Um, Greenway played mostly on special teams. Uh, you know, I think it was this you know f- redshirt freshman or sophomore year, one of the redshirt sophomore year. Um, but I, I think that a rotation would be best for Snyder because I don't think he's ready to go sixty to eighty plays a game.
0: No, I would agree with you. No, and I, it's going to take some time. And you hope by, you know, by November, right. He's he's where you, where you need him to be, and and I, I think his presence out there will be will be a boost. Um, I know maybe that's that's overplayed. The, I don't think you know, so. The, I actually I agree with you. And and that spot, that position, that free safety position is so important in Iowa's defense. And, um, you know, uh, I think him just being out there and being on the field again in practice is probably helping them. He,
1: he was a heavy hitter. And Amani Hooker looks like he's someone who packs a wallop but also doesn't totally do so at the expense of his coverage responsibilities, if you catch my drift. Yes. Um, so... I'd absolutely think that I mean Bob Sanders was a huge lift for the entire team, both sides of the offense. Uh so I, I don't think that's a, a discount at all. So yeah, that what that is a um pretty quick healing guy there all right we'll see about how much he plays and everything else on saturday when iowa plays against illinois that is an 11 o'clock kickoff and uh i don't think you'll have to sweat too much on this one as much as you did the last time you were home so you should be good
0: looks like it could rain we're supposed to get rain later in this week so it could be a wet wet uh day at kinnick on saturday i would have
1: to if, if i were you i would say um all right, we're going to have to go to the USA Today images for this one. I'm going to be in the press box.
0: Oh, believe me, I've thought about that option. <laughs> <laughs> I utilize it. On I'm Saturday. just telling
1: you what I do, Rob. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't catch me sitting on the turf in the rain for anything. Not a chance. No, and...
0: uh, you know, and I, it, I, the rain is the worst to shoot in. I, as cold as it was at Nebraska a few years ago. I think Brian Finley may have shot that game, but I've I've shot in cold. I prefer the cold to rain. Rain is just miserable. Yeah,
1: no, thank you. (laughs) All right, thanks, Rob. Thank you to Exile Brewing Company as well as Heartland Flagpoles and Flags, as always. We'll talk to you soon.